0: Father God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, I pray that this word bear fruit in all of us a hundredfold. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you are in control of this whole situation, that there will be no lying or rebellion amongst us but we shall have and bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives thank you for everything that you're doing I give you praise and I give you glory and I give you honor Lord that let this word bear fruit in all of us a hundredfold in Jesus name I
1: we be might become his righteousness, he humbled himself and carried the cross love so warmly. broken and poor.
0: We are studying the plan of God and we are now in the promise. The promise involves Jesus Christ and also the Holy Spirit, but basically is a promise to restore man to a holy God, the fallen man to a holy God. And in that, we are studying the book of Leviticus. Before that, we were studying. Exodus, and specifically the Passover. Then we studied about the burnt offerings, the meal offerings, the peace offering, the sin offering. All that in Leviticus being a type of who Jesus, the Messiah, or Christ would become. Then last week we studied about the Day of Atonement and the Blood of Atonement. In all of this, we studied what the priesthood is a high priestess, what a scapegoat is. Basically, the holiness codes to approach a holy living God. And this week, we're going to study about our kinsman redeemer, that is Jesus Christ, and the feast ordained by God for Israel. In Leviticus 16, it says, Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals from the fire, from the altar before the Lord with his hands full of sweet incense beaten fine and bringing it inside the veil and he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony lest he die in other words the priest the high priest had to be careful lest he die he had to make sure that his sins were taken care of. His family's sins were taken care of. And when you approach God, there was no sin hindering or as acting as a barrier between him and God, lest he die. But that is not what the new covenant states. In Hebrews 10, 19 and 20, it says, therefore, brethren, Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new living way which he consecrated for us through the whale that is his flesh. That means in the New Testament we can approach the holiest of holies. If there was a tabernacle. Now we are the temple of the living God. Now we can approach God boldly at the time of need. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Having boldness. In the new covenant. To enter the holiest. By the blood of Jesus. This boldness. We must possess. And this boldness we have. Because we are right. With God. We are the righteousness. Of God. According to 2 Corinthians 5. 21. But we. Enter the holy of holies. Not just to prove to others. That we can. But to meet. To meet with God to fellowship with God and this fellowship with God starts with the relationship with God why is a relationship important like I said before if I'm sitting in my living room and somebody walks in whom I do not know is a stranger whom I do not have a relationship I'll either take the gun or I'll take the broom whatever it is I'm going to drive him out but if I have a relationship with them, then I will have a fellowship with them, And that is why we enter the Holy of Holies, why we meet with God, why the blood of Jesus speaks for us. A better word, a word of reconciliation, a word of forgiveness, a word of restoration of that relationship. And if we don't use that, It's nobody's fault fault but ours. We have to take what is burdening us to the Lord in what is known commonly as prayer, but communicate with them, meet with them, fellowship with them. But it starts with the relationship with God. So to have that relationship with God, your conscience must be clear. And that's what the blood of Jesus does for you. And if you have... Any sin you confess them. And the Lord is able to forgive you. And both your body and your soul are cleansed. In the new covenant. And this is the difference. That you must understand before we go into this any further. In the testaments. In the old testament and the new testament. In the old testament you have to be very careful. When you approach God lest you die. In the new testament... It doesn't take away from the reverence you need to feel towards God. Fear of God still is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. Yes, but we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. This, what I'm saying, is not a license to sin, but it's a boldness that we have, that we can approach him and call him, Abba, Father, is a faithful friend. And he speaks for us and intercedes for us. That is Jesus. And his blood is there for us. Now this is what the Lord, our God, our Father in heaven did. To reconcile us back to him. And to overcome whatever the world throws at us. He's given us his spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. With this in mind, we'll approach these topics, these types that are fulfilled by Christ, these types in the Old Testament. Hallelujah.
1: The world I never knew On the altar of our praise Let there be no
0: going to study about our kinsman redeemer. Like I said, I'm going to be using biblical terms. So in Leviticus 25.25 25, says, if one of your brethren becomes poor and has sold some of his possession and if his redeeming relative comes to redeem it then he may redeem what his brother sold. In Hebrew it's also known as koel. Now, he has a right of redemption. The kinsman could f- free the debtor by paying the ransom price. Suppose you had given something in debt. Suppose you had put your jewelry, you pawned it. The kinsman could redeem that jewelry, could have the right to pay back that jewelry shop and get your jewelry, for example. So the kinsman must be the nearest of kin must be able to redeem must be willing to redeem this is very important must be free of calamity or need of redemption himself in other words he should not be in worse trouble than you are yes otherwise he cannot redeem you yeah so redemption was complete when the price was paid in full the right this right to buy back Belonged only to the nearest kinsmen. Meaning you had to be part of the same tribe. This is very important because this is what Jesus is to us. He brought us back. From whom? From the devil. From the works of darkness. Now to study this. We go into the book of Ruth and. There are four chapters in it, and I've gone through all that in detail before. In fact, there's a study on the book of Ruth that I've uh, done during the Bible study. You can go through that. But basically, what has happened was Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, with Abi something, Malachi, here, he, she and he left Israel. I forget his name anyway. So with their two sons and uh, basically the sons took wives from non-Israelites and they were of Oprah and Ruth. So basically what happened was Naomi's husband passed away and Naomi's children died also. So his, the uh, Naomi's children were known as... Mahlon and Chilion Elimelech, that is his name, Elimelech. Naomi says, not Abimelech, Elimelech, yeah. So, so Elimelech and Naomi had Mahlon and Chilion. Why I make a, a, a big deal out of this is because some people, because of their untimely death, has taken the meaning to, to or the meaning of those names as sickness and destruction. Well, I do not know about you, but you're not going to name your child sickness and destruction, yeah. So, if you, I, I mean, unless I you're sadistic, yeah, but uh, normally people don't do that, yeah. So, Mahalon could be connected with. which means dance and Chilion is a word meaning completion so there is another side of it one is dance the other is completion this could have been the case had Naomi and Elimelech not left Israel because Israel is the promised land is what's promised of God Never leave what God has promised you, no matter what the circumstances look like. It says Elimelech and Naomi left Israel because there was a famine in the land. Why was there a famine in the land? Because Israel sinned. Israel was not right with God. So get right with God and God will take care of you. And this is what happened. And what happened is after they left, bad became worse. Elimelech died, Mahalon died, Chilion died. So then, Naomi left with two daughter-in-laws. Naomi said, go back. What What can I do for you anymore? So, Orpah put up a restaurant, but she went back. But Ruth said, now your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And she clung on to Naomi. And Ruth and Naomi came back to Israel. I'm talking about the kinsman redeemer. So now they're back. Naomi tells Ruth to go into the fields and glean, take whatever she can from the fields. And she happened to be in the field of Poas. And basically it turns out that Boaz was their kinsman redeemer. So she approached Boaz, because on the instructions given by Naomi, basically, when Ruth approached Boaz, Boaz said, there is another person that is closer to you. He Remember, the kinsman has to be closest. To those. So there is another person in succession. So let me ask him if he's willing Let him take you and the land So Boaz arranged a meeting with the other person And and the other person was willing to take the land But not Ruth with the land And therefore Boaz took the land and Ruth And became the father And married Ruth And became according to Ruth 4, 21-22. Salmon begot Boaz and Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse and Jesse begot David. So Boaz is David's great-grandfather. That is how it plays out. But here, Boaz is the kinsman redeemer. He bought back the land and he bought back the right of inheritance and he was a goal. he was he paid the price and because of that Ruth and Naomi basically Naomi and Ruth had a success, succession succession back in Israel and the genealogy can was part of Israel. And if you look at the genealogy of Christ the Messiah, of course David is in it, and Ruth and Boaz play a part in it. Hallelujah. So Christ is our nearest kin through incarnation. What does that mean? Christ became man. In Romans 8.15 it says, for you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba Father. He became our nearest kin through adoption. He's our brother, he's our faithful friend. In Ephesians 1 5, it says, Having predestined us to adoptions as sons, By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. That means the Father adopted us because of the blood of Jesus to himself. So therefore, Jesus becomes our kinsman redeemer. He's met all the conditions of a kinsman. Christ lifts up and carries our sins away, never to return again. I mean, never to return, meaning the Sins never to return again, not Christ, yeah? So, just like this quote that I spoke about last week, Christ suffered what the sinner without Christ would suffer. He became our scapegoat, a visible representation of the sins, of our sins. He became sin who knew no sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Our sinless great high priest did not have to offer a sacrifice for himself. He was a proper and right kinsman redeemer. So this is what you need to understand. If you need a deeper study of this, join me in our Bible study and we will go through all the scriptures. But I hope you understand the concept of Goel or the kinsman redeemer and understand why I'm using biblical lingo or language. Hallelujah.
1: My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me.
0: We are studying about the types of Christs or what Jesus came to fulfill, the, the patterns in the Old Testament. And the feasts of the Lord play a part in that. So we're going to look at some of the feasts, most of the feasts that are ordained by the Lord. In Genesis one fourteen, it says, the Lord has given us the stars, the moon, the sun, the sky, and everything for the, for, for the time, for his times, and seasons, and feasts. So, we have studied Passover. I think it was two weeks ago, we studied that the Passover is a memorial feast that speaks of redemption by blood from out of Egypt into the promised land. And that Christ is our Passover that is slain for us. In one Corinthians five seven, it says that Christ is our Passover that was sacrificed for us. So we have studied Passover. Then there is the feast of the unleavened bread. It speaks of communion with Christ and a holy walk. I spoke about this. Why the bread was unleavened? Because they didn't have didn't have time to rise for the door to rise because they had to leave and that symbolizes that unleavened bread and that leaven speaks about sin and how christ cleanses from the old unregenerate life from all the sin that corrupted us why if we have sin and we still find sin in us 1 john 1 9 says if we confess our sins He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then. We have the feast of the first fruit. Of the barley harvest. It's a, it's, it symbolizes resurrection. First of Christ. And then of them that are Christ at his coming. That is in 1 Corinthians 15. And you read that chapter. God claims the first fruit of everything. The sheaf represented All of the harvest. God has first claim on life. Jesus is now in the presence of the Father as a representative of the whole church still in the field. He will remain there until the second coming. And then the whole harvest will be gathered. The believer is thus consecrated to God in Christ. We have the first fruits. Of the spirit. We are the first fruits of his creation. Remember when Jesus died. Some people who were dead. And according to Matthew 27 chapter. The graves were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. We do not know what exactly happened. But that's part of that. In Revelation it speaks about the first fruit. In Romans eight twenty three it says not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit even we are self grown within ourselves. That means we are the first fruits, because in one Corinthians fifteen it says in Adam all die, so in Christ we shall be made alive. Each one in his own order. Christ the first fruit, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. So, this is the feast of the first fruit. Jesus died and he rose again, becoming first fruit Remember, He had Passover and then the unleavened bread and then the first fruit. And after that, you had the feast of the Pentecost. We understand Pentecost as a day in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit descended to form the church. The church came into existence 50 days, that is Pentecost, after Christ's resurrection. So this is what we need to understand, what the Pentecost and the feast of the Pentecost symbolizes to us. And after Pentecost, we have the feast of the trumpets. Now, when you look at it, prophetically, that has not happened yet. Pentecost has happened, but in the end, there will be trumpets. The ram's horn was made into a trumpet that has been called a shofar in Hebrew by the Jews. The blowing of the ram horn, ram's horn called the people to repentance and reminded them of the of their relationship with the Lord. I'm talking about Israel. This is the feast of the trumpets. Now, when I think of a trumpet, because I was in a band, Western band, uh, I think of a brass instrument. No, this is the shofar. So it is prophetic of the future regathering of us all. And after trumpets you have the feast of the tabernacles. Tabernacles is commemorates a time when the children of Israel lived in tents during their wilderness journey. It was celebrated in the fall and lasted the entire week. The people lived in booths out of doors, heard the reading of the law. It reminded them of their absolute dependence upon God. It is prophetic of Israel's millennial rest. The Feast of the Tabernacles is a memorial of the, of the redemption out of Egypt. Now, after that, you have the Sabbatical year. That was a time after seven years, the land rested for a full year. It's also called the Shemitah year. So, this was the year of meditation and devotion. Basically, it's a feast of Israel. It's a time of rest and Christ is our rest. The next Shemitah year is this year. Actually, according to the Jews in, in 2021 and 2022. And after the Shabbatical year, there's the Jubilee year. This was celebrated every 50 years and was inaugurated on the day of atonement with the blowing of the trumpets. All the Hebrew slaves were set free. Obligations of debts were terminated And the land was restored to the original owner It looks to the coming rest of the Messiah That the Messiah will give them When he comes and reigns in glory This is important for us to understand Because it speaks about the rest Yes, it is about the time That the Jews look forward For the Messiah to grant them rest But For us in the new covenant, the Messiah has already come. His name is Jesus. And in Luke 4.19, he says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That is the year understood as the sabbatical year. So we are supposed to be in that rest provided by Jesus Christ, by The Messiah. This is the Jubilee year. This is a year that. Will set everything free. This is the time. That we have redemption. Remember the Kingsman Redeemer. Through Jesus Christ. This is how the feasts. Of Israel ordained by God. Plays out in our lives. This is important for us to understand. Not for us to. Practice of fulfil. If you can, if you want to do that, you can do that. But you should know what these symbolizes. For example, we you read about Pentecost in Acts chapter two. But if you don't know what that means, what what it symbolizes, it's useless to us. And it is a prophetical cycle also. Remember, after Pentecost is a Feast of Trumpets. So. There's something to understand from all of this. But right now, I just want you to have a brief understanding of all the feasts of Israel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have done. We give you glory. In spite of things not going the way that we have planned, we thank you, Lord, that you are in control, that this teaching, this word will bear fruit in all of us. And as we study the types of Christ, the types of the Messiah, the patterns in the Old Testament, may we Bring to our understanding and remembrance that all these things are for our learning and for our knowledge. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I for tuning in we hope that you were blessed with our sunday sermon from the coaching
1: lampstand see you next week god bless you